0: Turn, up your, Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast the with Tony Meradera. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute, and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston four, Montreal three. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into the air back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. You know like <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est le défi de les Et ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Woohoo! Pour les Canadiens, le troisième troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs!
1: Matt O'Han, the Hebrew Hammer here with you on the Sick Podcast on this Friday evening. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, let's take care of some business first. The SICK Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group uh, and they have recently been named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies. The country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class company. Uh, companies fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for our customers, our employees and our communities. Join a winning team and check out energy's career page for available opportunities also brought to you by labita tb brewed in quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards at tb offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste labit at tb embrace your true nature and by murphy clinic they are an aesthetic clinic In specializing in medical aesthetic care, we offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin uh, problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. Visit murphyclinic.ca. They have a couple shops located in Montreal. Uh, one location is Shop Angus in Montreal. And then our, their second location is in the North Shore in Terrebonne. And they are also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca on or on Instagram at murphyclinic. All right. Um, I'm really excited. You can probably tell as I've uh, stumbled through those ad reads. Uh, the reason for that being is because we finally have news. And it's amazing. And I can't wait to break down this news and talk about it with the Montreal Gazette's Stu Cowan. Stu, how are we doing? I'm doing well, hot like everybody else in Montreal,
2: but good. Apart oh my from God.
1: That. Yeah. And I know. That's why, I'm wearing, that's why I'm wearing the hat. Normally I would be, <laughs> I would be wearing my sweater uh, of the sick podcast, but it's just 800 degrees uh, outside and the insulation in the, in my house, not the best. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to stick with the hat uh, for the brand. Well, if, right. if I was outside, I'd have a hat because his
2: bald head burns pretty good in the sun.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, it's just, when I, when I run, it's, you know, it's a catch 22. It's either I, block my eyes from the sun with the hat forward and then get my neck burnt or i burn my face and protect the back of my neck so uh, there's just really no winning in uh, in weather like this but hey let's not complain about it right let's remember oh, where we exactly. were about two two and a half months ago mm-hmm. um so the news i was talking about is our own tony Marinero. i don't know if we have the screenshot uh, at the ready sammy uh but if you don't that's okay uh, he came out with two reports this week uh one of them was that the Canadians do not want to pay. It's conf- Well, Tony's confirming that the uh, Canadians do not want to go above $7.8 million per season on Cole Caulfield's contract. Of course, that number is uh, relevant because that's Nick Suzuki's cap hit. And the other number is that the Canadians are looking for a seven or eight year deal. This is coming from our own Tony Marinero. Uh, just uh, initial thoughts on that.
2: Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's what I figured. I mean, when they
1: hadn't come to an agreement, it was
2: either terms and or money or both. And uh, I understand the Canadian situ- situation where they don't want to pay anybody more than Nick Suzuki. And Cole Caulfield, as good as a season as he had, uh, he's a small player. He did get hurt. He's never played an 82-game season in the NHL. The most games he's ever played is 67. Uh, Suzuki had more of uh, more games under his belt, more for the Canadians to make a judgment on before they give him that contract and also you know if you give caulfield more than what suzuki's getting then the next guy that comes along whoever maybe they get the number five pick and has a couple of good years he's gonna want more and with the salary, everything's about the salary cap now and managing the salary cap and you look at the trouble the leafs got into with their core four making so much money they didn't have enough left for the rest so I can understand the Canadians' hesitation to, to go beyond what they're uh, paying Nick Suzuki, and I understand Caulfield's camp because he was on pace. The score it was 46 goals, and, uh, you know, if he signs for $7 million and then he scores 50 goals next year, he's going to be underpaid. So at, at some point, you have to think they'll come to a compromise on it, and I just – speculating my guess is that, uh caulfield maybe he'll sign a shorter term deal for the money the canadians want sort of like what pk suban did when he bet on himself and signed the bridge contract and then he cashed in with his that huge 72 million dollar contract 9 million a year so again though in caulfield's case if he does do that and signs a bridge deal what happens if he blows out his shoulder again or has another injury it's a lot of money to leave on the table but
1: mm-hmm. the way
2: from what tony reported and just from what Common sense, sort it makes it seems I, I at this point it seems like Coffield might sign a more shorter term deal and bank on himself. And if he does score 50 uh, 50 goals, uh, he'll get more money than uh, Nick Suzuki. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, that's the thing because you know, I've done this exercise um, before, and you know, 50 goals it, it's while goal scoring is up in the NHL, and you know, we had a lot of high scoring, 100 point players and whatnot. 50 goals is an incredible feat. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really, really hard to do. Not a lot of players have done it. It like currently that are playing right now, um. So, that that's that's a big number. And the part for me where I'm like, hmm, I'm okay with seven. Even if he gets seven point eight, same exact yeah. contract as Suzuki, I'm okay with that because you know 46 goals that what he was on pace for is nothing to sneeze at. Um, mm-hmm. However, the other side of it is. If he wanted to go higher, I could see the concern with the Canadians because he was on pace for 46 goals, but he was also on pace for only 18 assists. So, yeah. you know that 64 goal contributions, 64 points is uh, it's your average, you know, an average uh, second line borderline first line NHL you know, of course the difference is goals obviously are, uh, are at a premium. So that's where, uh, if I, that's probably where the Canadians lean and and why this is such a, a tougher negotiation than we probably thought it would be. Yeah. And Caulfield had 23
2: goals in 67 games the season before. I mean, everybody blames Dominic Ducharme for that. And, uh, and, you know, he obviously became a different player when Marty St. Louis came along, but again, I mean, you know, the system that Marty St. Louis plays obviously works well for Caulfield. Playing with Nick Suzuki obviously works well for Caulfield. Uh, he's got to take that into account also, or his agent should be taking that into account also. And again, it's, you know, it's, it's, you look at the last guys who have scored 50 goals in the NHL. They're bigger guys. They're not smaller guys. Mm. And for Caulfield, I mean, to, to score 50, I and mean, we're talking 50 goals, he's never scored more than 26. I mean, he was on pace to score, whatever, but he got hurt. Again, he got hurt. So can he stay healthy at his size? through an 82-game NHL season. And that's a big question mark that the Canadians have to have. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Uh, The the other calculation I did uh, while the intro was playing was, because I said, hmm, 64 points, I could justify, and the Canadians could obviously justify $7.8 million because of those 46 goals. Um, But the 64-point total, it it, it is a a number that is – it's pretty low, to, you know, to be making, you know, just above, just over a million dollars for every ten points. Um, the other number, the number that I found interesting was if you count goals for one and a half. Let's just say, all of a sudden, he has an eighty-seven point total. There, you could see the uh, the argument on Caulfield's side of why he <laughs> deserves more, because you know, yeah, it's points are points. Sixty-four is sixty-four, but you all know that we need to put the puck in the net and that the Canadians tend to have a trouble. Uh, well, mm-hmm. they tend to struggle. They tend to struggle doing that.
2: Well, he's the first natural goal scorer games they have had in years uh, since, well, patch radio, I guess was the last guy who was sort of a natural goal scorer, but uh, they're hard to find those guys. Um, but, you know, I wrote a call a little while ago, comparing some of the guys drafted the same year as Caulfield with sort of similar numbers. And they've signed 7, years, $7 million a year. And that's to me, I think that's a fair contract. Uh, if Caulfield wants to bank on himself and sign two years at $7 million, okay, maybe he'll get more money later, but that's $14 million total. That's $35 million less total than if he signs a seven-year deal. And again, if something—it's a physical game, guys get hurt. Uh, you know, knock on wood. I, I wish Cole Caulfield all the best. I really like him as a hockey player. I like him as a kid. He's a fun kid to be around. His teammates love him. He's very respectful with the media. He's respectful with the fans. There's nothing not to like about Cole Caulfield. But he's got to also think, $49 million, if the Canadians are offering that seven years at $7 million, that's a lot of money, especially mm. at his age. I mean, he's 22 years old. He'll to get another contract after that too. But um, it's, it's it's really going to be interesting. And obviously, it's, it's taking a lot longer than a lot of people expected. Uh, I think at this point, Kent Hughes might be waiting to see what happens at the draft, what happens maybe in free agency, see where his salary cap structure is after that, and then uh, decide what he's going to do. But, again, uh, right now, if I was a betting guy, I would say Cole Caulfield. It looks like he's going to maybe bet on himself and sign a shorter deal, two- or three-year deal, and hopefully uh, be able to cash in after that.
1: You know, some of those guys, uh, one of the guys on that on that list uh, that were drafted his year, similar signing, similar contracts, uh, the one that's probably standing out to the Canadians and that they're hanging on to uh, is Matthew Boldy. But, really, because, uh, you know, he signed, he signed this year seven years, seven mil a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 name that stuck out to me on a list of players, because, you know, I was looking at, okay, who's a, who's a pure goal scorer? Not as pure as Caulfield because, you know, 26 goals and 10 assists, that's a, d- quite a disparity between those two numbers. Um, but the next one I thought of was Kyle Connor. And, mm-hmm. you know, granted he signed in 2019, uh, 7.14 million per year, that again that that seven million dollars seems like it really is the sweet spot even yeah. with the cap supposedly you know sp- all those covid dollars and whatnot and you know there's supposed to be a new tv deal being agreed to next well, summer um that'll bring in some money and bring in uh b- bring up the cap a lot these are all things that that are probably but, but being will, it, will it sports Center overpaid for that
2: last tv deal so like What's going to happen with the next one? Like, is it really going to drive up the salary cap that much? We're going to see, right? Yeah. And, you, know, you mentioned Boldy, you know, six foot one, 200 pounds, look at 81 games played last season, missed one game, scored 31 goals. Like that's more of a, yeah. You know, there's more, you sort of know what you're getting there. Uh Like, you know, I mentioned Nick Suzuki, the only guy in the Canes to play all 82 games each of the last two seasons. Playing all, playing, not getting hurt in the NHL is a skill. It really is. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. luck involved also. I mean, you know, Josh Anderson crashes the foot first into the goalpost and has a high ankle sprain. There's nothing you can do about that. But uh the smaller you are, the more likely you are to get hurt. It's just,
1: it's physics. <laughs> Well, and you know that's you know you bring up a great point about about not getting hurt because longevity is something that has to be that yeah that is it, it's a huge skill. I mean, I always make the argument, you know, like look at look no further than the best prime example of longevity was Martin Broder. Sky was playing back in his heyday, you know, seventy mm-hmm. games a season. That's unheard of for a goalie, for a goalie, let alone mm-hmm. uh, being playing every single game as a player. You know, that's. That that counts for something, and I, you know, he's only played two or been with the team, I should say, for two full seasons. But man, he uh, if that that's probably again why the Canadians want the seven-year deal. I don't know if I was him, you know, two two out of two full seasons with the team, and you're getting hurt and pretty significant injuries. I uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased because I want. Uh, more money in the canadians pockets to have more fun elsewhere but i don't well, know it's, I, it's I, also it's not
2: i mean i wouldn't even say it's biased it's just sort of common sense i mean because the, the cap everything the cap everything in the nhl now revolves around the cap just the way gary bettman wanted it making the, the yeah. owners richer and the players were uh, you know the payers, players are still paying escrow on the the salaries they're getting too so everything's salary cap related and if you mismanage the cap We've seen teams like you know Toronto getting in trouble. The Canadians, you know, if if Shea Weber and Carey Price were still playing for the Canadians, what a mess they'd be in right now. Sure. Um, it's uh, with the salary cap, with two older guys, with injury prone, with yeah. all that money on on the cap. So it's you, you got to be careful, and you got to and durability has to come into play. I mean, it, it really does when you're giving out these kind of contracts. Is this guy going to be able to play? You know, only one guy in the Canadians, Nick Suzuki, played 82 games, but is, is he going to be able to play 70 games every season? you know, 75, or, or is this injury thing going to be a continuing uh, continuing issue? You know, he's coming off shoulder surgery also. Um, so there's a lot of question marks for the Canes. And, you know, one thing I've learned uh, since Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton took over and Marty St. Louis they're really smart guys. Uh, they don't, Kent Hughes doesn't let emotions get in the way of things. He looks at things practically. They want to sign Cole Coffield. The Canes want to keep Cole Coffield. Cole Coffield said he wants to stay in Montreal. Nick Suzuki wants him to stay in Montreal. Um, but it comes down to money, and it comes down to you know, the NHLPA gets involved, the agents get involved, and, you know, is going to set the uh, the mark for the next goal scorer who signs a contract. He has a unique skill. And if I'm his agent, I'm saying that. He has a unique skill that Nick Suzuki doesn't have. He, Nick Suzuki can't score goals the way Cole Coffield can score goals. And then if you're the Canadians, you're saying, well, Cole Coffield might not be able to score goals if he didn't have Nick Suzuki setting him up. So it's, so it's you know, those, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in these negotiations between agents and, and uh, GMs and the fact that Kent Hughes was an agent he's he can look at it from both sides so um, again it's I still think they'll get it done um, but I'm starting to think more and more and especially after what Tony reported and, and, and just common sense that it, it looks more and more like it's probably be a shorter term deal
1: yeah I, I you know what I it's hard to disagree with you and you know then, then comes in the next thing and I know we touched upon it last week um, but you know One of the one of the insiders said it this week. uh, It was Darren Treger once again. He said, "You know, it's offer sheet not on the radar for Cole Caulfield. It's not." Yeah. And well, yeah. Well, and I think that that'll again this time that he said it outright. You know, it wasn't just it wasn't just uh, a report. It was right from the horse's mouth. Offer sheet is probably not on the radar, and I I think that bodes well. I didn't. We did. We both didn't expect it to be. and even if it was, uh, he said that the Canadians are signing it. You know, they're signing the offer yeah. sheet because yeah. they they want and uh, they want him in Montreal, and they need to have him in Montreal. So uh, probably that yeah. plays into Caulfield's uh, Caulfield's corner as well.
2: Well, I mean, offer sheets are so rare. I mean, I can't remember how many years it was before in The previous one it was quite a long time. And I, was, I think was,
1: have... I, I th- well, it was Sebastian Aho, but I think the yeah. time before that probably was Shea Weber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, they
2: both involved the Canadians. right? But, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, there you yeah. go.
1: Yeah,
2: and uh, yeah, and that Weber contract—what a disaster that would have been if the Canadians were—if he was still playing for the Canadians, right? I mean, that seven-point-eight mm. million salary cap hit, I think it was, on his contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, with, with, with uh, the other GMs, have the same questions that uh, that Kent Hughes has. If a GM's thinking about making an offer sheet, you know, the guy well, he only played, uh, missed a lot of games last year. And you know he had he's had one really good season in the NHL, so
1: yeah, you know I don't think I don't see
2: any reason to believe why Cole Caulfield can't keep scoring goals just the way he shoots the puck and uh, and everything else. But there's a lot of question marks uh, if you're a GM and, and you're trying
1: to sign him. And you know just a just a little little food for thought. You know, in Caulfield's range of uh, you know even with him even with projections and whatnot, uh, there's only two wingers. That are in his class, uh, at least you know, in in many people's opinions, my opinion, uh, that make over seven point eight million dollars. Those two players yeah. are Jordan Kairou and uh, Brady Kachuk. Those are the yeah. only two. And Brady Kachuk's a captain of a team. So yeah. Uh, I, I again, I, I think it will. I mean, it's going to get settled. I mean, this isn't DEFCON one or where uh, you know the where you're in a situation like the Leafs where you have to make a decision on Austin Matthews because you have a trade, a no trade clause kicking in soon. That's not happening. Uh, That's not the situation here. Um, So lots of time to get this figured out. I I just wonder when the heat is really going to start to get cranked up on this thing in terms of, you know, when, when it's becoming more and more of a media thing, you know, right now everyone's focus is on the finals. Yeah. It'll be around the draft.
2: It'll yeah. be around the draft, and then even more so, uh, July 1st, if it still isn't taken care of. But you know, I understand the agent's thinking and and Caulfield's thinking, and the agent wants him to make as much money as he possibly can, and the agent makes more money. Cool, well, Caulfield makes yeah. more money. His agent makes, but you know, Caulfield's 22 years old. I have a 22 year old son also
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: As a father, if I was Cole Caulfield's dad and they were offering seven years and $49 million, I'd say son signed a contract. That means if yeah. you get $8 million a year, my master, has $56 million. I don't know if making 49 million or 56 million really changes your life that much. I think pretty, you pretty have a pretty charmed life one way or the other. And that's a lot of money if a 22 year old kid to, to leave on the table, if indeed that's what the Canadians are offering at seven years, seven million. If, if he was my son, I'd be saying, sign the contract. Uh, if I was his agent, you might look at it a little bit differently.
1: Yeah. Well, that's well, that's it. Right. Because an agent will look at it as like because we're, we're both on the same the same wavelength here of, you know, once you're talking that much money, it's like, does it even mean anything? Because, you know, we I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't picture that much money in my bank account. Um, no, exactly. But exactly. You know, so but when it when especially when I find when we throw out these numbers of like, for example, uh, when it was uh, the Phil Deneau situation of like. It was what? What was the difference? You know, it was reported that Bergeron wanted to give him five million dollars, and he he got he ended up getting what I think yeah. five point six or yeah, whatever. It's like half a million dollar difference, if I, believe, if I remember the right. But that and that's the thing, though. It's half a million dollars over over six years. It's three million more dollars in your pocket if you're Phil know So I could see why yeah. he you know he kind of held and, out for his own.
2: Well, I was also upset that when he turned down that first offer, it got leaked to the media. And oh, yeah. that, that yeah. didn't go well. I mean, uh, you know, let's talk about Mark Bergeron taking things personally. I think that was another case of him taking it personally when Deno didn't take it. And next thing you know, it gets leaked to the media, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but again, I like it, when you get that much money, it's, uh, $49 million. Basically you're, you're, you're going to basically be able to buy whatever you want to buy for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's not yeah, you know, worried like, about mortgage payments your kid, <laughs> or car payments or, uh, you know geez, what's the visa bill this month
1: no. yeah, yeah well, i haven't even looked at my visa bill i just pray pr- <laughs> press the button on my, just press the button on the app and pay for it who yeah. cares um so let's uh speaking of uh making things personal i mean it happened uh this week uh we're going to move off the canadians which is uh the the toronto maple leafs hired brad Living, they announced him as uh, gm and this is the best in his press conference. in the, I think it was like 15 minutes before his press conference or maybe 15 minutes into his press conference. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins announced that Kyle Dubas is the uh, is the has been named the president of hockey operations in uh, in Pittsburgh. So just amazing stuff. I love it when things get personal uh, and it doesn't involve the Canadians. So that's always fun. Um who do
2: you? Just for one second, I'm going to backtrack just a bit. Cause I remember I did an interview with Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the NFL player, the McGill doctor and whatnot, and yeah. uh, talking about money. And I interviewed him and I asked him, he had just signed, I was, I was just trying to find the story here. He signed a five-year, $42.36 million contract. This is a few years ago. And yeah. I asked him about like what making that much money is like. And his quote was, at some point, money is money past a certain sure. level of wealth i think it's just the number i do football because i enjoy it and i'm going to do medicine because i enjoy it and i know i'm really really privileged to do what i do for a living and be able to live really really well so it's sort of like that's that's it like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's at some point it's just the number right and i think it's been a number there but but the, that's the question you're talking there with the, the leaf the leaf saga it's just it keeps getting better <laughs> you know what i mean or worse it's so It's so entertaining. I mean, you know, they announced that Trilliving is going to be the GM. And then 20 minutes before his news conference, the Penguins announced that Dubas is there director of hockey operations or whatever the title was. Again, I mean, It's just, it's so good. It's, it's,
1: <laughs> well,
2: so it's, it's so and funny. that's the
1: thing, you know, the t- Toronto media, you know, it's great. It's a great thing. And, you know, Tony had, had on uh, Sid Sixero, uh, yesterday on, on his show. And it was a fantastic episode. I urge you all to check it out. They talked, they did really dive deep into the Leafs mm-hmm. and uh, the future of that team. Um, and, you know, he, he he called Kyle Dubas a fraud on on Twitter. Um, I don't know. I don't see it the same way. Do you agree with him or do well, you disagree?
2: When Dubas, I watched part of his press conference yesterday and he said that maybe he was a little too open and honest at his news conference with the Leafs. And that definitely played a role into it. I mean, when mm. he said he was his family and he was 37 years old, I believe he's got a young family. That's That's a job that, you're not home a lot, you're working 24 seven, basically your cell phones always ringing. I think he has three kids. I'm not certain, but young kids. So that's tough on the family. That's tough on the wife. That's tough on the kids. And when he had that news conference, it was, he was honest and open about it. And, and Shanahan had put up a red flag for Shanahan going, wow, do I really want this guy moving forward? I think there were other issues with Shanahan and Dubas either. one of them I think was a power struggle, but um that's got to be a concern i would think for the penguins moving forward also because <clears throat> that's you know gm of hockey team is a burnout job it's amazing that mark may lasted 10 years you know i've been yeah. uh critical of mark berger's moves i praise praised some of the good moves he did but 10 years as gm of the canadians man the stress and the pressure and everywhere you go for dinner people are asking questions you can't get away from it doers was able to get away from a little bit more in pittsburgh mm-hmm. um i wouldn't I mean, things changed quickly. At the time, he said it was going to be Toronto or nowhere. Uh, at that point, he was hoping Toronto, was maybe expecting Toronto was going to hire him. and But again, he might have already known in the back of his mind that the Penguins' job was there. You know, people in the hockey world talk, and the Penguins have maybe told him, you know, we're interested yeah. if you leave. I mean, they talk about tampering, but I mean, if nobody tells, it's not tampering, <clears throat> or nobody knows it's tampering. So I wouldn't say it was a fraud. I think he... No, in hindsight, he shouldn't have done that news conference in Toronto, and Brendan Shannon asked him not to do it. Um, but who knows what's going on in his mind? Maybe he wanted out. Maybe he just wanted out of Toronto and just trying to figure out a way to do it, and this was the way he ended up doing it. Uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see. I think he's two years older than Sidney Crosby, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of been, And for all the praise that a lot of people have given him, he built a team that won one playoff round. A mm-hmm. great regular season team won one playoff round. I know he's very heavy into analytics. Uh, we talked about this last time I was on. The analytics seem to work well in the regular season, not so well in the playoffs. Um, so we'll see if he does the same thing uh, in Pittsburgh, if he has the same strategy or if he's, he's changed a bit. Uh, and it'll be interesting also with see how he maybe changes how the Leafs roster looks and maybe they become more of a playoff team as opposed to a regular season team. But as you said, Toronto, man, as the Leafs turn, it's it's... It's a soap opera that's been going on since 1967.
1: <laughs> and, and it's great. You know, it's it's great because I, I think this one feels a little better, especially for people uh, in Montreal and in Boston if they're following along because it's just the media is just – it happens every year for the past, you know, three years since Austin Matthews, you know, he got past his uh, – we'll call it the rookie phase. Um, and it's just they crown them Stanley Cup champs every year in the yeah. offseason. And- they are the Stanley Cup champs, and <laughs> this is the year, and we hear the same song and dance every single time. And then now it's just it's really gone up in flames. Well, Austin Matthews
2: is an amazing goal scorer in the regular season. We're talking about Cole Caulfield as a goal scorer. Austin Matthews is a huge guy, he can score goals, has, you know better shot there, uh, than, than Caulfield. But in the playoffs, he's just not a playoff guy. You know, and, and, you know, I think it was Kachuk that one game where Kachuk was sort of punching him in the face and he had no response. Um, it's just, you know, when the going gets tough, he doesn't get going. And the core four guys on the Leafs, they're just not physical type guys who are good at playoff hockey. And I don't know if the Leafs, I mean, I don't know if the Leafs are going to win in the playoffs with Austin Matthews. And to me... If I'm Treleving, I'm looking to move him because you would get a ton for Austin Matthews in a trade mm. and you might be able to get some guys who are more playoff performers like, you know, like Florida did when they traded Hubert over Kachuk. I mean, Kachuk is like one of the ultimate playoff performers. He reminds me in many ways of Mark Messier, just how big he is, how physical he is. He can score. He can punch you in the mouth. He's a leader. His teammates seem to love him. Uh, a real, real playoff type performer. And the Leafs need to, I think, find more guys like that. Uh, younger guys like that. They got O'Reilly this year, an older guy who, who plays like that, but they need to start finding some younger guys who have a little bit more of the jam as a lot of people use the expression. A lot of guys that are built more uh, to play playoff hockey.
1: You know, the, the interesting thing about them bringing in Brad for living is that first of all, it's just a complete opposite to what, uh, to what Kyle Dubas was to this team. Um, oh yeah. So, so that that's the first interesting thing It but the second interesting thing is, you know, this is, this is a guy who he's made some great moves, uh, in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, he hasn't won more than a, than a handful of playoff series in, in, in his nine years in Calgary. And, you know, the bit, probably the biggest glaring thing right now is that he signed one Jonathan Huberto. And I understand he's a great player and, and he still is. I don't believe that he is the player that he was last season. I think there were some things going on for sure, especially with uh, with Sutter at the helm as uh, as head coach. Mm-hmm. But he signed a thirty year old guy to an eight year, ten and a half million dollar deal. Um, yeah, the things, Jonathan Hero. Yeah. You know, like th- that's a that's a that's a big price tag for someone that's you know not getting any younger.
2: The thing is, Kachuk painted him into such a tight corner when he said he was leaving. They had already lost Huberto to Columbus, and Treleving had to – like, he was really in a jam. And, yeah. you know, you, you have to overpay players to play in any Canadian market. You really have to overpay them to play in Calgary or Winnipeg or Edmonton. Uh, you Like, you really got – I mean, Jonathan Huberto's yeah. life ripped out from under him. He had a beautiful place in Florida – sit by the pool in February, wear shorts and sandals go to practice. I'm sure his wife loved it, his family loved visiting him there. Life was perfect, right? And then you end up yeah. in Calgary. And I, I love Calgary, I think Calgary's a great city. But if I was a hockey player, I'd much rather live in Florida, and I'm sure my <laughs> wife would really much rather live in Florida and my kids uh, with the weather or any of the warm weather sort of climate. So the only, you know, we got that trade and the only way Huberto, you had to really overpay in money and length to get him to stay um it really didn't look good this season wrote really we'll see if he can bounce back oh, and play yeah. better, uh with Sutter but i mean that was a big adjustment for his life going from florida to calgary he didn't want to leave he you know he was very well set up and, but petrelving made at the time i thought he got the better of the deal when you oh, yeah. at it. I, mean, I, Mackenzie I think, I think, Weaker, I, I think really everyone did if you watch Mackenzie Wiegert play for Canada at the World Championships, he was their best defense. He was outstanding. They got a prospect in Cole Schwinn, and they got a first round pick in 2025 uh, for Kachuk. So, you know, it was I think it was a gutsy, well, I shouldn't say a gutsy move for Charlie, because he had to make the deal, but it was definitely a gutsy move by by Florida uh to give up as much as they did to get Matthew Kachuk. But Kachuk is what they needed, and that's why I was talking about. The Leafs before the Leafs need a Matthew Matthew Kachuk. That's the type of player they need to get them over that hump in the playoffs. But for Treleving, he's he was in a tough situation in Calgary, and now he's in a tough situation in Toronto. So he has experience with it. And Brendan Shanahan had said uh, after he ever to Dubas said he wanted somebody with experience. And Treleving, he's also got the experience of being in a Canadian market, the pressure of being in a Canadian market, the fans, the media, everything that comes with it. Uh, I think it was a good hire by Shanahan, personally. Uh, it's, they needed a, a new look to make them a playoff team and not just a regular season team. And uh, for qualified GMs out there um, with, uh, again, having, you know, experience in a Canadian market, um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I I, I think Shanahan made a good move in hiring him. Yeah.
1: It, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, the interesting thing that I'm, you know, the part that I'm interested to see is just, you know, you're – Especially in the first, uh, the first press conference, you know, you're getting really non-committal things when you're being asked these questions. We, you, we touched upon it uh, earlier in the podcast. That it's that 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 famous phrase now that's uh, making its way onto literally every episode of SportsCenter, which is the core four. I are they going to be intact? Are they? Do you I think they're th- going to be intact?
2: I don't think so. I think they they got to move one of them. For salary cap reasons, and for the reasons I said before, they need to get a different style of player. All their money is in the same type of player—these offensive type players who aren't really physical. Who, uh, again, when the going gets tough, they they don't seem to get going. Um, Nealander, I mean, Tavares isn't going anywhere. He's got a full no movement contract. He's making eleven million dollars. Nobody's going to take that. Uh, As I said earlier, I would I would look into dealing Matthews. You would get a lot for Austin Matthews in a trade. Like you, you look. You know, you look at what uh, Calgary got for Matthew Kachuk, you know, and you, you would get at least that, if not more, for, for Austin Matthews. And um, I think it would be also, you know, I'm not around the Toronto locker room, obviously, but I, it seems like maybe the type of character who takes up a lot of oxygen in a room. I might be wrong on that. This is just the, somebody from the outside speculating, looking in. Um, and sometimes shaking up the locker room can, uh, can make a difference. You know, you look at the Canadians thing, you know, Carey Price and Shea Weber are gone, it's a totally different locker room in there. The young guys are in control now. It's it's uh, um, it's more of a, a brotherhood type of thing, I guess is a good way of putting it. Uh, but I think with the least, I mean, how many times are you going to keep doing the same thing and, you know, ending up with the same result, the definition of insanity, right? They need to, I think they need to move at least one of them to, to Shake, have a different look at the team and also shake those guys up a little bit. Maybe they just become a little bit too comfortable in there in Toronto. Oh, you know, we lost in the playoffs. Okay. You know,
0: life That's goes on. Every year. <laughs> I'm still making, yeah, every
2: year. It's again, you're going to, so you're going to come back next year. What's what makes you think it's going to be different next year with those four guys? Um, they're four yeah. great hockey players, but they're all similar type of hockey players, right? They need, they need the little variety.
1: <laughs> you know, to me, the Toronto thing, I don't know if it's as, you know, the world, I mean, for people in Toronto, because for people in Toronto right now, it's like the sky is falling and nobody knows what the hell to do um, and where this team is going. I could see the core four staying intact and there's one reason for that. And it's, you don't got to look any further than the Tampa Bay lightning. Cause Mm -hmm. just think about it forever. You know, They were a great regular season team. This all started almost nine years ago. Funny enough, Mm -hmm. for uh, the amount of years that Brad for Living was in uh, was in Calgary, you know, I'm just looking on Hockey DB. This is like this is all of their uh, their their past uh, nine years or so. They got out in the first round, then they lost to Chicago in the finals. They lost in round three. So, oh, we're just right there. They get an injury-plagued season, and they lose to uh, they lose to uh, they lose out uh, in the first round, uh, or they missed they missed the playoffs, losing round three again. Losing the first round, that famous uh, sweep against Columbus. Columbus. when they were one of the one of the best regular season mm-hmm. teams ever. Yeah, and then they won two cups in a row. I mean, I could see a situation with that. You know, keep the roster. It just might be the people at the helm that you need the shake up. Granted, it was always it was always uh, John Cooper who was the head coach. Yeah. So maybe you have that with Sheldon Keefe right now. And then you know Steve Iserman takes the job in uh, takes a job in in Detroit. And then um Brisebois, help me out on his first name, da- David Breesbois. David Julian, Julian, that's right, uh, Julian Julian Brisebois, he t- he he takes over and then. Bob's your uncle, you win two Stanley Cups with the, pretty much the same, very similar roster, yeah. um, just making those moves that, uh, you know, he had the same core intact. So I don't know. I feel like Toronto, they they might have something with true living. I'm kind of uh, kind of sitting on the fence because they still scare me. You know, like Habs fans, they could laugh all the way to the bank and what's going on right now. But Toronto, yeah. the fact is they still have amazing players and they're still a force to be reckoned with.
2: I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the core force stay. I would be shocked if they don't make a coaching change. You no know, new GM comes in, yeah, he's going to want to have his own guy behind the bench. I would think. Um, so I'd be really shocked if they don't make a coaching change, and uh, you think they'd make it soon uh, as possible. they want to give their coach now a chance to get another job somewhere else, if, if you know he wants to stay, uh, keep coaching, but. Um, they got to do something to shake it up they can't just keep coming back every year it's gonna be different this year it's gonna be different this year and it was a little bit different this year they actually won a round (laughs) but even round they won i mean it's not like they they easily 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 could have lost that game that that round against tampa it's not like they rolled over tampa they easily could have lost that round but you know again you're talking about tampa year by year by year. people it's it's so hard just to get in the playoffs now in the nhl it takes them like 100 points just to get in the playoffs they're pretty close and it's really hard to win. I mean, you know, everybody, Boston, you know, I would, yep. everybody thought they'd win the cup. It's so hard to win. And, and you know, we've talked this before, you know, the Canadians, 24 Stanley Cups. Well, 14 of those came in a 16 league, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, it's with two playoff rounds. It's just so hard in the end. It's, it's I still think it's the hardest trophy in sports to win. And uh, it takes luck. It takes skill. I do to call them today. It takes size. Um you, know, you look at this uh, Vegas team, they have one player in the lineup who's under six foot, and they have five guys who are under 200 pounds. It's a big team. Their defense are yeah. massive and huge, and that's what playoff hockey is because the NHL doesn't want a referees calling a lot of penalties in the playoffs, so the big guys can mug the little guys, and that's the way the playoffs are. You know, When the Canes went to the final the, two years ago, it was their four Clydesdales on defense that were basically mugging everybody in the defensive zone. And, and, you know, Carey Price stood on his head. So um, for Toronto, they need a playoff hockey is different hockey. You know, Joel Edmondson told me it's the NHL are steroids. It's a, different, it's a different league. And the Maple Leafs, as they are now, are a built for the regular season league and they're not built for the playoff league.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At EverNorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder
1: you know uh you you mentioned uh you mentioned the vegas knights and their size uh Let's jump into it. Uh, let's let's jump into the Stanley Cup Final for a little bit, um, because uh, you know Toronto. This is a Montreal podcast, uh, so for the Leaf fans that are listening, uh, congrats! You got some Toronto time uh, two nights in a row. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Stanley Cup Final before we uh, get out of here. So. Starts tomorrow. Uh, I think both teams were very happy with this very elongated break. It feels like there hasn't been hockey on in a month, Um, but uh, it gets going tomorrow night, uh, the Panthers in Vegas. So just who do you you give the – I'm not going to ask you straight up because that will be at the end, but who do you give the initial edge to?
2: Vegas, just with their size. Mm -hmm. Their size and the size of their defense – uh, the only player they have under six foot tall is Jonathan Marcheseau, who has 17 points in 17 games. So he plays like a big guy in the playoffs. And um, it's interesting. I was watching Marty St. Louis. He was on another podcast uh, the other day. Uh, and he was asked about, you know, size in the lineup. And he says, well, you, you need a mix, but your small guys have to play with courage. Now, Jonathan Marcheseau is a guy who, who plays with courage. So just, I, I think with Vegas, just the, the their defense is so huge. They're getting good goaltending. there's big down the middle. All their centermen are over six foot and about 200 pounds. Uh, they're going to wear them down. You know, I mean, I'm I'm with Pierre LeBrun. Like there should not be hockey in June. The Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. should be over already. Uh, this long break is good for the players, not so good for the fans because people now are in their pools and their backyard having barbecues or forget about you know yeah. hockey season should be over. Uh, but the final should be good because the players are rested. I mean. It's such a grind, the NHL playoffs. It's such a marathon. It's rare for teams to get this many days off in a row. Uh, you know, the fact that Florida swept, played into that. Um, but the hockey should be really good. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people are watching on TV. I don't imagine the TV ratings are going to be great with Florida and Vegas and, you know, during a heat wave.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You know, it's because I, I could tell you one thing. Uh, at least here when it's uh, – when the Canadians are, are in the playoffs, I don't care what the weather is outside. Mm-hmm. I don't care what day of the week it is. And I think yeah. this goes for most people. Uh, it's on the TV. Uh, yeah. When it's not, uh, when it's not, even, you know, I can't even think of like the biggest draw. I think right now for me, uh, I'm more likely to watch the games because I think just because of what he's done, he's been such a draw of Matthew Kachuk yeah. in the playoffs. It'll be a draw for me. But I'm not spending my Saturday night watching. So, I, I was well, surprise. surprised that. But I was I was surprised that it wasn't a uh, that they didn't make it a matinee game because you know it's the weekend. It's it's, it's going to be small markets.
0: Yeah,
2: it's going to be great hockey, but as again, the, 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 I'm really interested to see what the TV ratings are going to be because uh, you know there's no McDavid, there's no you know superstar player or Sidney Crosby or guys like that. Um, two big, two good teams. Um, you know, I think Vegas has the edge. As I mentioned before, they're sort of such a big, strong, they have so much depth. They roll four lines, they roll six defense, they're huge. Mm-hmm. Uh goaltending is always gonna be a key. If they get the goaltending, I think they're gonna be really tough to beat.
1: Yeah. I uh I it's hard to disagree. And you know what? Um uh Jack Eichel, I mean, I feel like not enough people are talking about him, mm-hmm. and that's mostly because he's on the West Coast. Um yep. But, man, is he having a fantastic – I mean, he had a great season, but he is having a fantastic playoffs. I mean, he's not quite Matthew Kachuk where he's the straw that stirs the drink, but Mm -hmm. he is just – he is lighting it up over there. And it's – honestly, I like to see it. I I really do um, when a guy is disgruntled and he goes somewhere else and then he just finds success. I like that story with anyone. Yeah, and he had that neck surgery that
2: it was controversial yeah. surgery, he had, and he's back and he's healthy now. Number two, number two overall pick in the draft, has obviously got the talent, and uh, he's leading the team in scoring. He's got eighteen points in seventeen games. Fun player to watch, but not not super well known, you know, around mm-hmm. the league or for the average hockey fan or the less than average hockey fan. Uh, and you know, out in Vegas too, it's one of those West Coast teams. I remember when I was a kid, and we didn't have hockey on TV like we do now. And, you know, we always heard about Marcel Dion out in L.A., but you never saw him, you know. You heard about him, but you never saw him. You know, the Kings might come to Montreal once a year and you see him on TV. So, uh, it's you know, there's a lot more games available on TV now and more so, but, I mean, the Vegas game started at 10 o'clock at night. Not a lot of people are staying up in Montreal to watch those. Uh, but, yeah, again, I, th- I think it's going to be great hockey. I think there's some, you know, Kachuk's going to be fun to watch. The goaltending's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Eichel's going to be fun to watch. or so as I mentioned, he's a tough little player – uh, fun to watch local, you know, Quebecer. Um, but again, you know, when it's Thursday night or like, Saturday night this week, uh, and if it's, um, uh, you know, 26 degrees Celsius outside and it's beautiful and the barbecue is going and you're on your second or third beer and maybe you got a pool <laughs> and you're all, you you want to go inside and watch the hockey game now? I don't know. <laughs>
1: take
2: well, it or I'll it I'll watch the highlights.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or maybe we'll uh, we'll be lucky enough to catch invites from uh, from the from the Cavaleros because they have the outdoor setup, which ah. is uh, they get, they got a good setup back there. I've seen that. I've seen what that office looks like, and I'm sure it could very easily turn into a uh, a hockey viewing experience on the outdoors. A, a, a buddy of
2: mine had that when the Canadians were in the play the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago during COVID. He had the big screen in his backyard by his pool. And I was working, obviously, with my wife and the kids went over and uh, they had a riot watching it outside. Oh, well, you know, it's pretty
1: cool. I, it's funny because I had a we had a similar setup, uh, me and a couple friends. We would always go to his house because this is again, this is like primetime covid. You can't go into someone else's house. Yeah. So what we would do is we would set up a, a, you know, a makeshift screen on the outdoors, take the projector and then connect it to the bell box. And then bang it's on the TV the only problem is again hockey in with hockey in June or hockey in July whatever it was uh, you got to wait till the sun goes down we had to wait till the third period till you could see anything but it was uh, not and a yet, bad way to watch a game though
2: Pierre Lebrun mentions it every year and I'm 100 percent with Pierre I mean the Stanley Cup Final should be over by may 31st at the latest mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what it, it's, this is why this is one of the reasons why the NFL just does things so well is because they have the dates before the season starts of when this game will take place. And, and I understand that it's a one game playoff. So, you know, playoff series game, whatever you want to call it. So it's, it's easier to, to manage, but they'll tell you when the draft is because they know when the Super is over. OK, we have free agency coming up and then it's draft season coming up and then we have this and it's all laid out. So there's constant news cycle and they're constantly at the top of every talking point or of every sports show. Whereas in the NHL, there's just I find there's just so many so so many lulls and so much dead period and dead zones of what's going on.
2: I also wish they would make uh, free agency before or after july 1st more from a personal yeah. standpoint
1: because i'd rather not work
2: on canada day every year and be able to enjoy yeah. Yeah, celebrate with everybody else <laughs> we, yeah we'll how, how many years today.
1: has it been since you've had a true long canada day long weekend yeah well that
2: well it was a covid it was the last year i guess it, wasn't, right. it was one year, but right it was later because of covid they didn't do it on july right. uh, july 1st this was the UA canadians went to the cup uh, final but uh, yeah every july 1st uh uh, get invited to all these Canada parties and
1: it's like uh, I gotta work, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough like that. Anyway, so uh let let's do it before we uh let's do it before we sign off. Um let's go. Stanley Cup final predictions. I say Vegas
2: in uh, I'll say six games. It's it's hard really hard to sweep and it's hard when I'll say Vegas in six. I just think they're gonna I think they're gonna wear down uh Florida. Uh, I think Florida's only chance is if Bobrovsky like, really stands on his head. And that's possible. I mean, the way he's been playing, uh, that's possible. I just think Vegas is too deep, too big. Uh, roll four lines, roll six defense. Their goal thing's a little bit more questionable. They've used, what, five goalies this year or something? Yeah. Uh, um, but I just think they're they're too big and strong. I think Florida's only chance is Bobrovsky standing on his head. Uh, he can steal at least one game, or they might, would not even steal at win one game because of him, maybe two, but I just think uh, I'd say Vegas in six.
1: Well, see, that's the thing is that like all the the argument you made is why I think that Florida is going to win more more so also because I I really want them to win, <laughs> um, but but all I just think that you know Florida if there was a team in the East there's two teams in the East that would match up really well against the style of play that Vegas does and those two teams. Are the Boston Bruins and Florida because Florida has a veteran coach in Paul Maurice, yeah. and you saw that you know you saw the way that they played. Um, it was kind of like uh, Michel terrier style, Canadian style hockey. Whenever they get a lead, and they're just gonna they're gonna lock things up. They're not gonna give you anything, and they don't yeah. mind playing that heavy game. They got some tough customers yeah. in Florida. So, and if uh, they get the
2: lead, they have that thing where they just flip it out—that high flip out of their zone and forecheck. Yeah. And uh, if they can get a lead, that's it. They get a lead, and Bobrovsky's hot. That's, that's why I'm saying in six. But again, I just think Vegas is the better team. You know, Vegas finished first in the Western Conference this season. Uh, Florida was eighth in the East. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of signs why Vegas should win. But again, when the playoffs started, the Boston Bruins should have been the. You know, thought Boston? Well, that's it.
1: <laughs> And it also, it just feels like I'm taking the side of, uh, I'm taking the side, it's just reminding me so much of this Canadian Stanley Cup run a couple of years ago, which was, you know, when they were facing Toronto I I'll be I'll be honest. I didn't think that they were going to do it. I didn't think that they were going to beat Toronto, and then I didn't think that they were going to beat Winnipeg,
0: mm-hmm. and then I
1: didn't think that they were going to beat <laughs> that they were going to beat Vegas. I actually yeah. had Vegas winning the cup that year, and I celebrated so hard when the Canadians won and were playing Vegas because I said, "Oh yeah. wow, Vegas is in the final now. All my yeah. players in my pool are," and now. I'm starting to believe in Florida cause it was the same thing. I didn't think they were going to beat uh, Boston. I didn't think they were going to beat Toronto. And I didn't think that they were going to beat Carolina. Now I'm now they've got my, uh, they've got my belief and uh, I will undoubtedly and surely be let down again, but I will say Florida and six. Uh, well, it's part for, of what makes the NHL the playoffs right so
2: great is the upsets and you never know what, there's always a big upset in the first round every year. And, uh, Possibility of an upset in the Stanley Cup final, also. But as I said, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to watching this thing. It's going to be really good hockey. I mean, the, the pace, yeah. especially after the break, is it's going to be up and down. Be good hockey, good goaltending. Be a lot of physical play. Um, and at the end of the day, you're going to have a team winning the Stanley Cup that's never won the
1: Stanley Cup before. So that's kind of cool. Exactly. That's always super exciting, especially for the people that get angry when uh, a new team like Vegas or Seattle finds some success so early on in their uh, in their oh. NHL life.
2: I wonder if the, the Golden Knights would hold their Stanley Cup parade down the, the strip there in Vegas. I would guess so. I don't know where they'd do it in Florida, that arena in Florida where they play. Oh, so man. The of, yeah, yeah. Maybe around the
1: mall that's across the street. Well, that's <laughs> so, the thing because, you know, they're, they're based in Sunrise, but their name yeah. is Florida. But, like, you got to think they would go down to Fort Lauderdale, if not Miami, right? Go down, go down that beach road on Fort Lauderdale, maybe. That, that, th- that would be kind of cool. I think uh, I think Fort Lauderdale is the best bet because you yeah. know I, I don't would think be there's cool. too many. Uh, you know, what would be really cool if that the, if the Miami Heat, who just got blown out last night, mm-hmm. and uh, the Florida Panthers both won their championships and they did a joint parade. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. And a lot, basketball
2: fans might be there. Hockey? What's that?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right uh anyways Stu, thank you very much uh for joining for joining us on this friday night as you usually do and uh enjoy the weekend and hey it'll be cooler tomorrow so uh you can enjoy that we can enjoy the great outdoors without struggling to force ourselves to be out there perfect enjoy the weekend all right that was Stu Callan. uh i'm matt ohan thank you all for listening to this friday edition of the sick podcast and uh hey we got playoff hockey starting tomorrow night, so that's always a beautiful, beautiful – start starting again, I should say. Uh, that's always a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time.
0: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La B. TV. Embrace your true nature.